engaged. Um, so I will start. When you have found the passage in your Bible, please look at me so I know that we are all together. And if you do not have a Bible, take out your phone, share with a partner. It's all good. Okay. Okay. 12, 1 through 17. Okay. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Two. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift up your droopy hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths. Yes, that's me. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. For you know that afterward, when he, was desi- when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Okay, so this was a fairly large, long passage, and so I'm mostly going to be focusing in on um, the first three verses and then, like, the last portion of it, and um, so we get this picture from this passage about running with endurance, and who here likes to run? No one. That's great. (laughs) Who here does run even though you don't like it? Interesting. (laughs) Oh, KK tries. That's good. Has anyone here ever run a marathon? Oh, snap. Okay, half marathon. Oh, half marathon. 10K. Anyone run a 10K? Okay. Oh, wait. Did you? <laughs> that is something pretty big to lie about. Okay. All right, so 10K. Okay, for those who have run a 10K, half marathon, marathon, whatever, okay, raise your hand if it was, like, super easy for you. Raise your hand if it was difficult. Yeah, so I've never run a 10K. I've never run a half marathon. I've never run a marathon, but I... Seldom enjoy running, and when I run, I'm, like, really excited, like, when I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to go run. I put on my shoes, like, I have my music, I'm pumping, and the first, like, five minutes, I'm, like, oh, yeah, this feels so good, and then after five minutes, I'm, like, um, can I be done? Like, I want to be done, because it gets so hard, right? 
And I feel like this is a very close parallel to what our faith can look like. And when we first encounter Jesus, it's like really exciting. It's something new. Or when we have like a first breakthrough of something or we're called to something or we receive a promise from God, we get filled with like this zealousness, with this excitement. Like, man, that promise is so good. Man, Jesus, you're so good, right? And you just want to run with like, you just want to sprint. And then slowly... As you sprint, you realize, like, if you're running a marathon, if you sprint in the beginning, you're going to probably die, right? Like, there's no way you're going to make it to the end unless you're, like, some super ultra marathoner. And so um, I really felt like God was speaking this kind of imagery or symbolism to me most recently because I started retaking up running. I don't know if that's a word, retaking. Anyways, I started, what is the word? I started recommitting to running. Um, I used to run a lot. But then, because I got too zealous in the beginning, I got injured, and I had to stop. But as I've been running again, God has really been speaking to me um, really powerfully through these runs or these workouts. And I think one of the reasons why I really enjoy it is because I think I hear the most clearly from God, like when I'm exercising, like when I'm really tired and exhausted, I think it gives way for God just to break through and, like, give me hope. But... um, So this passage that we read, I read it from the ESV, and I want to read, like, the first three verses um, from the message translation, and I thought this was, like, really interesting because it's very, like, blunt and straightforward, and um, it puts, like, an interesting perspective on what we just read. And so the translation from the message is, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And so when I read that, I was like, snap, man, I need to just start running. I need to just like go for it, right? Because I feel like a lot of times along the way, like even for me personally, when I run, like it becomes so easy to be like, man, my knees hurt. Oh, my lungs feel like they're about to explode. Oh, this is so far. It's so long. Why did I choose to run right now? It's so hot. Oh, I didn't wear the right clothes. Oh, my shorts feel awkward. My music isn't loud enough. My music stopped playing. This is not the right song. And all these different things come into my mind that make me want to quit. And I completely lose sight of why I ran in the first place. Like, I wanted to go on this run because I wanted to work out and be healthy. I wanted to, you know, get that runner's high that usually never comes. I wanted to be able to say, like, yeah, I ran today. What did you do? Or something. And, like, brag to other people. But I, like, forget and lose sight of all that while I'm, like, focusing on these other things that come up, all this pain or discomfort that comes up. And I think uh, for us to be people who run with endurance, for us to be people who can finish strong, because what I feel like God calls his people to do, he doesn't want us just to start with passion and zeal and then, like, fade off along the way. But he wants us and he calls us to be people who can finish strong, who people who can run the race um, that will claim the prize, who will go to the end, who will see through to the end of the race. And in order for us to do that, I feel like there are three things the key things to running with endurance. And so I usually don't, like, say these three key things, but I think it will help me be organized. So first key will be to have 
discipline and training. And so when you have discipline and training, it talks about in the beginning to throw away every weight, extra weight, to get rid of sin that entangles you. And in that message version, even said, like, get rid of spiritual fat that you have. So I want us to think, like, what are some things that keep us from running this race? And a lot of us, we may have certain sins, certain mindsets. And I think it's really important to notice that it says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. So it doesn't combine these two as one thing, but these can be two separate things. That there's sin that we walk in, whether it's struggling with depression, whether it's struggling, or that's more of a mindset. But anyways, whether it's... uh, uh, be getting drunk all the time, whether it's sexual immorality, whether it's all these different things, being a perpetual liar, whatever it may be. We have these different sins that can entangle us, or it's these different mindsets, or things that might not necessarily be sin, but are obstacles to really pursuing after God. If it's something like even binge-watching TV all day, if it's something like being gluttonous all the time, like these things are going to prevent you from running with full passion towards God. And so the first part about being disciplined is you need to learn how to step away from these different things that keep you from running towards God. And uh, one thing that I learned is, uh, so I'm not sure if many of you guys know, but if you guys are friends with me on Facebook, you might have seen pictures that I posted of me in like high school. And I was like really, really big, okay? I was like really big. And so I think, I think this like, message or this passage really helps me to understand on a bigger level because it's kind of like what I walked through personally in terms of losing weight um I was like really really big so imagine like someone who's like me plus another like 30 40 pounds right and me trying to run back then I could barely run like five minutes without dying and I was like run five minutes I'd be like man that had to be like three miles and it was like not even half a mile okay and so um like me losing weight, or for any person who's, like, exercising or running, when you lose weight, it's so much easier to run. And in that same way, spiritually, when you lose the spiritual weight, these false mindsets, these sins that keep you um, entangled, these different things, it could become so much easier to run. When you um, forget about the different things that you're idolizing, if you're idolizing money, it's or it's all about getting that career, it's all about getting that boyfriend, girlfriend, when it's all about getting these friends or getting these certain grades, when you begin to lose that weight of um, extra priorities or extra things that your mind is so focused on, it becomes so much easier to run fully after God. But another really important thing about being disciplined is having the proper nutrition. And so for any athlete, you will probably, like famous athlete or professional athlete, like if you see what they eat, they eat exactly for what they're training for. So Michael Phelps, when he does like the Olympic runs, he's making sure he's getting all the nutrition, all the calorie he needs to push through towards his, wait, he's not a runner, he's a swimmer, (laughs) but his Olympic swims, but you know, he like eats all, everything that he needs to be able to push through his like crazy swims, his crazy schedule. And so I was watching like a documentary and I was just like watching everything that he ate and it says like he eats like 10,000 calories in a day. And I was like, what? the heck like man I would give anything to be able to eat that much a single day and it's like all this food and I was like how is that possible but because he burns so much energy and so he's very strict about what he eats making sure and really taking time to make sure man I need to fuel I know what's coming up I'm going to fuel for it and even for us personally if you want to become healthier or if you have specific fitness goals that you're reaching you need to make sure you're eating the right foods majority of people who want to be healthy and fit they're not gonna like binge on ice cream and McDonald's and be like okay now I'm gonna go work out and you're probably not going to feel that good if you do. 
And in that same way, like, what is the nutrition that you're eating? What kind of things are you nourishing your spirit with? Are you feeding on spiritual junk food? Or are you really taking in good, nutritious food that's going to sustain you? And because I found that um, during times of when we're getting tested, um, whether it's different attacks coming our way, whether it's different discouragement or whether it's discipline from God, the only thing that's going to allow us to endure is if we're rooted in the very word of God. And if we have the word of God written upon our hearts, that is like the proper fuel that we need to be able to run with strength, run with power. And um, I realized like there was a certain time in my life where uh, I was praying for my family and um, I felt God like was giving me this promise of I'm going to redeem your family. I'm going to bring change to your family. I'm going to renew your family because everything that I saw, like it was okay, but you know, I had some issues. My brother wasn't like, getting into drugs. My parents, they were okay, but they weren't Christian or they weren't really, I don't know. They said they were Christian, but I wasn't sure if they really were. And so I was just like, man, God, is this, is this all there is? Like there has to be more than this. Like there is no way that you would completely transform my life just to leave my family the way that it looks. And so God gave me this promise of I'm going to bring transformation to your family or I'm going to bring renewal to your family. And so I had this hope. I was like, God, you are going to bring complete transformation. But the more I held on to that promise, um, I felt like the worst things got. And then things between my parents like got really bad. My brother got like more even into drugs. And I was just like, what? Like, God, I, I don't understand what you're doing. And it was in that time where God was saying, like, are you going to hold on to the words that I gave you? Are you going to hold on to the promises that you can find in the very word of God, in the very scriptures? Or are you going to trust in your circumstances? Or are you going to focus on the pain that you're in? And so this is why I say nutrition is really important. Because if we're just... Like, taking in everything that is not nutritious for us, like, if all the things that we're taking in are words from other people that aren't true, if we're taking in the words from the world saying that we have to have the proper status, that we need to have this money, that we need to have these specific goals, but we're not holding on to the word of God, we might be able to run well for maybe, like, five minutes, but it's not going to sustain us. We're not going to have the energy to keep going. So first thing is discipline and Training, discipline and training. Okay, second point will be community. And community or in the sense, like, I'm, since I'm kind of going with a running theme, like a running group. And so um, I'm going to, like, jump forward to the latter portion of the scripture that we read. And it said, strive peace with everyone and for the holiness without which, without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. And uh, I think this is so important because it says, yeah. all right, it says that, oh my gosh. You have to run alongside others. And it says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. So in this way, we are called to a level of strengthening others, of pulling people up. And in that same way, we also need that accountability. And um, if you think of any person who is, or any professional athlete, they have trainers or they have a team members that are going to make sure that they're staying accountable with their workouts. They're staying accountable with their training. And in that same way, we need a community that is going to really lift us up to make sure that we're staying accountable to our things. And um, it says, 
like specifically that no one is sexually immoral or unholy. And as we're running this race, it's not just a race to finish, but we're pursuing something. We're going after something, and God is calling us to higher levels of holiness, that we are pursuing to look more and more like Christ. And in in order to look more like Christ, we have to become more holy. We have to become more sanctified. And this will happen in the place of accountability, of people really getting deep with one another and saying, how are you doing? How is this area of your life? How are you doing with purity? How are you doing with your spiritual disciplines? How are you in the word of God? Are you praying, not just so you can check off like a spiritual checklist, but are you really getting the heart of God? Are you really pursuing the things of God's heart? And so when we, like as crew or like stutters or people of Emmaus, when we're like, hey, join a familia, hey, join a retreat, like it's not for the sake of just so we have a lot of people coming out and say, yeah, we have a familiar of like 10 people and 100 people came out to our retreat. That's not the point of it but because we understand the importance of community. We understand that what happens in a place of community, what happens in a place of accountability is what's going to help sustain you. It's what's going to help encourage you and remain um, steadfast in this race. And if you uh, just think of like any sports team, they have one, their team and their coach, but two, like, all these people in a stadium cheering them on. And do you know, like, what that would feel like if you have all these people watching you? It's like, I'm for you. I believe that you can win. I believe that you can finish strong. Like, just imagine that's what this community is supposed to be like for us. We're not supposed to be just be running and then when we feel tired and exhausted, just be like, man, well, I guess I'm just going to give up. But what this community does is, like, if you feel tired, I'll help carry you to the finish line if I have to. If you feel tired, I'm going to help lift you up. I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to encourage you. That is the importance of community. And um, if this, has anyone heard of the running app, like Nike Run? So uh, I use this app, and even this morning, I, w- I went out running, and I was, this part of my run outside, it's, like, uphill, and it's in, like, the first half of my run, and I was like, okay, should I just, like, stop and go home? Like, no one would ever know. (laughs) And then um, I attach it, I, like, leak it to my Facebook, and so it, like, shows that I'm, like, outside running right now. And then all of a sudden, like, if you see it on Facebook, someone is, like, blah, 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 is out for a run with Nike. Like, cheer them on. If you like it or comment it, like, comment on that activity, it gives, like, a cheer when you're running so you can hear it. And so someone, like, at that moment, like, cheered, and I was, like, no, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And it's like in that same way, like for us in our spiritual walks, it's like we reach these like hills or these obstacles or these places where we feel like we can't endure. And we're like, oh, I'm just so tired. I can't. I just want to like rest here. or I just want to go backwards. But then we hear this cheer of the people around us and they're saying, no, you can push through. You can do it. Then it gives us that extra th- strength and to really help us believe in ourselves. Like, wait. This is who I am. They're reminding me that God has given me strength. They're reminding me that I'm a son of God. They're reminding me that I do have the power to finish and to keep going strong. Like that is the power and the importance of community. And so first point was to, do you guys remember first point? Bleed discipline. Second point was community. And um, I think something that's really interesting is this word endurance in this passage. It is... um, the Greek word, I do not speak Greek, so I'm sorry if I butcher this. Hupomone, okay? And what this, <laughs> do you, okay, similar, similar. Okay, and so what this means is patience, steadfastness, and con- uh, con- constancy, consistency. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I think I just might have written it wrong. Anyways, but um, 
And like the definition, like when it has this word in the New Testament, it's referring to a characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose or his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So this word is more than just being like having endurance, but it's something that it remains steadfast, that is not moved in either direction and knows like clearly what its goal and its purpose is. And so just imagine, like, you have a clear goal and a purpose. Your goal is, I'm going to finish this 5K. I'm going to finish this 10K. I'm going to cross that finish line. You have this clear goal and say, like, some person, like, just jumps right in front of you. And you just learn how to jump over them. Or, like, you get really tired, but you, like, you limp anyways. But because this, what this endurance means is that no matter what comes your way, no matter what tries to distract you or dissuade you, you're so focused on your goal that you can't, like, that's all that you see. Like, you're not even, like, phased by these other things that come. And uh, this one person, William Barclay, really put it, I felt, um, really interestingly, the way he described this word. It says, uh, this word does not mean the patience which sits down and accepts things, but the patience which masters them. It's not some romantic thing which lends us wings to fly over the difficulties and the hard places. It is a determination, unhurrying yet undelayed, which goes steadily on and refuses to be deflected. Obstacles do not daunt it, and discouragement do not take its hope away. It is the steadfast endurance which carries on until the end gets there. And so in this endurance, it's not just about, okay, I'm going to ignore the different things in my life. And I think for Christians, it's really easy to say, like, when difficulties come our way, it's like, you know, I'm just going to push through it. God is for me. God is good. I'm just going to, like, push through it without ever acknowledging the difficulty that we actually do have. Because I feel like God never asks us to just say, ignore everything that is difficult and just push through and just have joy and without ever saying that it's hard. But Jesus actually calls us to come to him and say, like, God, it's hard. It's difficult. But I'm going to choose to remember that there is something that is stronger or there is something that can overcome these difficulties. And so we have to have that tension between um, being real with God and being real with ourselves in terms of what pain we're going through, what difficulties we're going through, yet still clinging and landing in that place of hope. And I think in terms of, like, my family, I would always have, like, this conversation with God. It's like, God, these things suck. My brother is doing all these drugs. My parents are fighting all the time. I like don't understand what's happening. And it got to the point where even my brother ended up being in prison. And so I remember the first time I saw my brother in prison, I had just come back from a missions trip in India. So like my mindset was, God, I'm like here serving the Lord. I'm so happy. Um, I just came back from a mission trip and I was like, oh man, this mission trip was awesome. I saw amazing things. I got to do amazing things. I encountered God in new ways. And legitly, like I'm not lying. The first thing my mom says to me when I like, like, Amma, I'm home. And I like come drop off and back. She's like, your brother's in prison. And I was like, Wait, what? And, like, who can comprehend that kind of thing, right? And I was just so confused, and I was like, I don't understand what you're saying, and so I just left the house, because I was like, I can't, like, deal with this right now. I just got back. You didn't even say hello to me, right? And the whole time, I was, like, going out, I think, to a friend's birthday party or something, and I was just sitting on the bus. I was like, prison. Your brother's in prison. Prison? Okay. And then I just completely, like, ignored it, and I was like, I can't deal with this. And I remember the first time I sat across from my brother um, while he was in prison, we had, like, our first visitation with him. And I just started, like, trying so hard not to start bawling because, like, he's younger than me, so it's, like, my baby brother and someone that I always wanted to take care of, you know. 
And like all of a sudden, everything, like every promise that I felt like I heard from God, I was like, that was a lie. Or like, it's not true. Or I heard wrong. Or I misheard something. And I was like, or I failed. Like I wasn't holy enough. Or I wasn't good enough. Or I didn't pray enough. And all these like different things started to come and attack me, like invade my mind. And I just sat across from my brother thinking of like how I failed him so much. I was like, if only I had been like a better sister. If only I had loved him more. If only I had whatever, whatever, whatever. All these different things, right? And so I just tried so hard not to cry because, like, I'm not the one in prison, so I shouldn't be crying, you know? And so I was just like, do not cry. And as soon as he left, I started bawling. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, like how do you respond to something like that, you know? It's like someone that you love so deeply, someone that you care for so deeply is, like, put in jail, is being, like, prosecuted against, and like, there's nothing that you could do about it. And so, like, in that time, I felt like, the first, like, two keys really helped me in terms of um, being disciplined. I was, like, in the word of God, like, none other, because this is all I had pretty much. And I had to remind myself of the words and the promises that God not only gave to me, but gave to people throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, really reminding myself, like, these are the promises that God has given, and it's in his very word. And if it's in his word, it has to be true. And so I would just remain in the word of God and just really seek after his heart. And the second thing was um, community. And to be honest, if I didn't have the community that I did back then when it was the other Emmaus crew and I would share with them and I'd like, text them and be like, hey, this is what's happening. Uh, also with like, Rona, who's the CD here. She's preaching at Yonsei today. But I would share with her too. And she actually um, came with me a couple of times to visit my brother in prison. And honestly, that was like the biggest support that I could have knowing like, man, I'm not doing this alone, but I have people who really are hoping and believing in my family who have faith for me like when I can't have faith for myself. And so that's why it was really key. But um, like the main key, I feel like the biggest thing that's the most, or the most important thing for us is um, really beholding the face of Jesus. And like what I will say, this is like key three or key number three is the goal or our inspiration. Like what is it that you're running for? Because if we're just running mindlessly, we're going to get tired. We're going to get worn out. But we have to remember like what is the purpose of our run? What is the purpose of our race um, in terms of the spiritual race that we're running? And if it's just, uh, you know, I'm just running until something better comes along, or I'm just running until whatever, just because everyone else around me is running, if we have no goal, like, we cannot keep with endurance, right? And so we need to behold the face of Jesus. And what this passage says is that, It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And this is the number one key for us to be able to run with strength, is we have to behold the face of Jesus. We have to consider what he has gone through. We have to consider everything that he has done, and it's in that place that we can rise up from our weariness, that we can rise up from being faint-hearted. And the ESV translates it as consider him, but um, I kind of like the New American Standard Version, and it says fixing our eyes on Jesus. And um, like this fixing your eyes, like what is translated into the Greek, I'm going to try again with a different word, aphorao. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Is it good? Is it Okay. Okay. 
If you want to know how to spell it, A-P-H-O-R-A-L. A-L. A-O. Um, so, like, this look, you know, in English, it's like a very, like, weak word. Just look at the face of Jesus. And I mean, like, yeah, look at the face of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. But, like, what this, in the Greek, what it means is it implies more than just looking at something, but it means really turning away from everything else just to fix your eyes on one thing. And so this looking has, like, a deep meaning. And for me, like, when I'm running, uh, maybe not outside, because if you, like, you know, if you're running outside and you fix your eyes, like, on one tree, eventually you're going to get hit by a car if that's all you focus on. But, like, when I'm running on a treadmill, it's the most boring thing in the world. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, 10 minutes has gone by, and it's been, like, 30 seconds. I'm like, no. And so what I have to, what I train myself to do is, like, at my gym, there's a window right outside the treadmill I always have to use, and there's, like, a tree that I always stare at. And I just fix my eyes on that, and I'm like, just keep going. Just keep going. One day you will never reach that tree, but that's okay. You know, and so it's like helps. It's, I think it just helps me to focus when I fix my eyes on one thing because if I look at the time, if I look at how fast I'm going, if I look at all the information, how far I ran, like I start getting anxious. And I'm like, oh, like time is going by too slowly. But once I feel, focus my eye on like one thing and I know like that is what I'm focusing on, that's what all my energy is going to be focused on, it becomes so much easier to run. And in that same way, um, as like we have to keep our focus on Jesus more than like any other goal that we want in terms of even just our spiritual health and maturity. It's like, I want to serve in this way. That's good that you want to serve. It's good that you want to grow with maturity. Those are all good things. I want to be able to pray for an hour. That is great. I want to finish the Bible in a year. These are all really good things, but our focus, our main drive in running our race has to be Jesus himself. Is to be able to be more and more like Jesus is be able to really come to that place of seeing Jesus seated at the right hand of God. Like that is our finish line, right? And so um, I think when we think about running a race, it, even this pastor says we have to consider Jesus, that he is our very example. And like many players or athletes, they will watch videos of different athletes or their own team to kind of like learn from their mistakes or learn how they played, learn what this play was, learn how they trained. In that same way, we need to study Jesus throughout the word of how he moved, how he lived his life. Like that is the example of who we're trying to become. And you know, we all have, like, different inspirations of who we want to be or people that we aspire to be or, you know, role models that we have, and that's fine, but then our main role model has to be the person of Jesus. And it's, like, in that place of difficulty, in that place of feeling like we are tired and we can't run anymore, we have to remember everything that Jesus has done, that in that place, he's already run that race for us, that every weight that we feel, he's already carried it for us, that he's already become victorious over it. And um, for me personally, I feel like when I hear, you know, like, remember Jesus on the cross, it is really powerful. I think the gospel is really powerful, but it's so easy to, like, feel like, man, I know that already. Like, what is something that I don't know? I need, like, a new revelation or something different. But I think we... As Christians, like in order to grow deeper with God, we need a deeper revelation of what the cross means. We need a deeper revelation of really what the weightiness of God coming down to die on the cross for us means. And not only that, but raising again. And so I feel like we need to remember what he's already done for our sake. He endured the cross for our transgressions. Like what does that really mean? Like everything that you were supposed to have paid for, he paid for you already. And when we look at the cross, it's not just like 
a painful death. It was very painful. It was like the worst kind of pain that you could suffer. But then um, what it meant for Jesus is the person who was blameless, the person who had no sin, the person who never committed any sin, the person who had fullness of intimacy with God, he had to be separated. And I don't know what that feels like because I've never had like perfect intimacy I don't know what that is, right? But even people that you're close to, if you feel separated from them, there's like a discomfort that you might have. But this person who is God, he's completely disconnected from the Father. And more than that disconnection, he feels the fullness of the wrath from the Father. And I had to get like, man, God, what does this really mean? Because I don't know if I can even comprehend like the depth and the weight of what you had to carry on my behalf. But God was just really reminding me um, that we need to consider what he had carried. We need to consider what he endured and to really use that as our example. For when we feel weak, we know that Jesus has already overcome death. We know that Jesus has already overcome every curse. We know that Jesus has already overcome every sin. We know that Jesus has already carried all the shame that we could ever carry. And he did it for us so that we wouldn't have to and that we could just come and run with him. And so... um, Yeah, I feel like we need to be reminded of that and not in a place of uh, just like, what is it? Knowing that we, uh, I guess, are like, you know, like realizing our sin and realizing what Jesus had to do. Like we have to realize that too, but also jump into that place of realizing the joy because it said that God, Jesus was able to endure the pain of the cross because of the joy that he knew what was before him. So he knew that the suffering on that cross would be the most difficult thing. He knew the suffering would be just really hard, but then he knew what it meant. That he knew that if he was on that cross, that there would be great joy to be had. He knew that it would bring us back into reconciliation with the Father. And in that same way, we need to remember the joy that we are running towards. While we are walking in pain, while we're running in pain or discomfort, we need to run with the jo- knowing the joy that we can have access to. And I think even for me, like with my family, um, like I, as soon as I was, I was like running through this, like, this pain, this discomfort, and just really confusion, I just remembered um, really learning to remember to lean on God's word and knowing that, man, God, like if you really when you do decide to redeem my family, like, this is what it can look like. This is what could happen. Like, seeing my parents, like, be able to praise God and worship God, see my brother, like, out of the jail. Like, these are things that I had to really focus on, to focus on Jesus, to focus on his promises, to really be able to endure. And so I think for us, we have to really take time to remember everything that God has endured. And so um, I kind of want us just to close our eyes and really just... uh, Fix our eyes upon God and really behold him. Cast away every other doubt, every other worry. And I feel like God at this time is really calling us to remember. And what we have to do when we feel tired, when we feel overwhelmed and we're struggling, I feel like this is the kind of prayer or a call, cry out to God that we need. Is um, God, even though I'm tired, even though I'm weary, I choose to remember what you have done for me. I remember that you bore my sin. I remember that you endured the greatest suffering for my sake. I remember the shame that you bore on my behalf. I remember how you humbled yourself to die upon the cross so that I wouldn't have to. I remember that you rose again in victory, that as you rose to life, you defeated death and you overcame every curse. I remember that you chose to extend your grace to me and to love me. I choose to focus on the love that you have extended to me. I choose to focus on your strength, 
to focus on your goodness and your faithfulness. I feel like this is a place that we have to rest in. This is a place that we need to rest in. Because with all the proper nutrition, even with the community, unless our eyes are focused on God, unless we choose to remember all that God has already done for us, all that God will do for us, it's hard to finish strong. It's hard to really endure. And I feel like at this moment, God just wants to just bring fresh encouragement. Just fresh encouragement. And... I feel like for some of us, we've gotten to that place where, you know, our legs are tired. We feel like we have no more breath left in our lungs to run. And we just feel like worn out and we just want to stop running. But I feel like what God wants to say today is, you can push through. And it's not just a pushing through, but I will help carry you. I will help carry you that you are not alone but that there is a family here for you and that I am here for you, that my very spirit is living inside of you to carry and push you through. And for some of us, I feel like maybe we're not struggling and maybe we're doing fine and we're running fine, but he's calling us to carry other people. That when we run this race, it's not just for ourselves, but we're called to help carry and lift up the other saints. That we're not called just to finish by ourselves, but we're called to really run this race together. And so I want you just to really focus your eyes on God. And I want you just to imagine yourself running a race inside this huge stadium. And your goal at the end of the finish line is Jesus waiting for you. And he's just waiting for you to say, man, you finished so well. You finish so strong. And in the stands, there's people that you know, your friends, your family, who are just cheering you on, saying, you can finish. You can go. I'm rooting for you. Because I feel like this is the image that God wants to give to us. That he wants to bring fresh encouragement to us to finish strong. To know that we are not mindlessly running. And so... If you need fresh encouragement, I want you just to stand up. If you feel like it's been a little bit difficult for you to run, or it's been a little tiring and you feel weary and worn out, um, yeah, I'm just going to invite you to stand up. Because I think there's something special that God really wants to release to you guys tonight.